Welcome to Extraterrestrial Reality. Uh, today we're going to take a stroll down stupidity lane. Uh, we're going to talk about how the mainstream media, for the most part, has responded to the David Grush revelations. Um, and I, I, unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to really talk about this much, but I'm going to talk. I need to talk about it now. It's something that needs to be addressed uh, because it's at least for posterity's sake. Because in the future, at some point, these people I'm going to be talking about today are going to be shown for the they will be it will be a proven fact that these these people are complete absolute idiots that have no business going and talking about UFOs on major in major publications absolutely no business whatsoever and you'll you'll understand as uh, we go through this uh here was an article uh that was in Forbes and this was uh, just published on let's see here the date uh the 13th of June and it was by uh, Danny De Placido and uh, the headline reads, Claims made by UFO whistleblower David Grush are pure science fiction. Now, obviously, from the, right from the get-go, anybody that has studied UFOs knows that this guy is totally, absolutely wrong. Absolutely, stu stupidly, unforgivably wrong. I mean, there's just no... There's no excuse. This guy's never, obviously, obviously he's never read any anything on this. Doesn't know what, has no idea what he's talking about. Nothing. And I'm going to prove it to you as we go through this article. It's unbelievable, actually. It's unbelievable that a, 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 that a publication like Forbes would put, allow junk like this, unresearched junk, pure opinion, to go in, in into its publication. Absolutely absurd that they did allow this. I'm not going to get into the whole article, but... Uh, he, he first he t uh, uh, later on about midway through this thing he, he gets into what what are Grush's claims. It says here Grush claims that the United States is in possession of multiple vehicles or spacecraft constructed by a non-human intelligence and that their existence is being concealed from the public. Well, of course that's true. Yeah, I mean everything's okay so far. It's it's, it's an opinion that comes later that uh, where things fall apart. It says here Grush says that these spacecraft have either landed or crashed on Earth, and that both the United States government and defense contractors are currently working to reverse engineer the technology. This is a true statement. Now I know a lot of people, even in the UFO community, are complaining that Grush made these statements right without providing any sort of evidence to back it up. Basically, he's saying stuff that a lot of us. Or already know, right? A lot of us have already suspected for a long time. Of course, uh, I understand. However, he uh, he did uh, talk about these things under oath in co in Congress. He filed a complaint with the IG, which was which was de deemed uh, credible, right? And and, and so he, he was threatened. He, there was retaliation against them, right? So there were things he saw things. He actually said in his interview with Ross Coltart last Sunday night. That uh, he saw documents, photos, videos of things that other people haven't seen, things that are classified. He talked about the Roswell incident, for, in for instance, and he said he can't talk about that because that stuff he was shown was from classified documentation. Instead, what he did was provide an overall a, a view of what's going on, that basically we have recovered uh, stuff and, and we uh, ET craft or uh, non-human intelligent craft and, and, we, and there is reverse engineering programs going on. That's what he said. So I still think that, you know, more time is needed, right? We had we need more time. Maybe there's a way that Congress could get this information to come out. We're not there yet, but maybe that's maybe this is the beginning of that, hopefully. But anyway, let's continue with his assessment of what's going on here. He says here, extraordinarily, Grush even claimed that some of the vehicles contained the bodies of pilots and that some of the spacecraft were very large, like a football field kind of size. Grush stated that the vehicles were not necessarily extraterrestrials, 
and speculated that they might come from another dimension, stating as somebody who studied physics where maybe they're coming from a different physical dimension as described in quantum mechanics. Thus, Grush described the vehicles as being composed of extremely strange, heavy atomic metal, you know, high up at that periodic table, arrangements that we don't understand. Grush hinted that some of the alien beings were malevolent and had even killed humans. Grush also implied that there is some kind of secret agreement between the government and aliens and that people have been murdered to protect the secret. Grush claimed that he was taking great personal risk and obvious professional risk by speaking to the media. Obviously, all those, that's, that's true. Everything he says there is true. That's, that's an assessment. Now, a lot of people, even in the UFO community, think that this isn't enough. Yeah, and in a way, it's not. I understand that. It's not enough. But he, again, this guy says he had access to some classified documents. And apparently, these documents have also been seen by the, uh, the Inspector General. And conceivably, the Congress. I, I'm not really sure. It doesn't. It's not really laid out. But I, apparently, the, there are some people that have seen this in addition to Grush. So I guess, uh, you know, I, I think this needs more time to develop. There's more time that needs, needs to pass before everyone, anyone. Even people in the UFO community, too, need this, to, to take it easy. The people that, are, that think this is crazy that when he's talking about uh, interdimensional beings, things like that, I think people need to calm down. Maybe, see, again, he rushed for several years there when he was uh, investigating this, talking to people on the inside. I mean, you never know what they're thinking. If, if you're exposed to this reality on a regular basis and you know that there's a re you're, you're part of a reverse engineering program, and yet it, it, you probably would not know where these things came from. You would, you would suspect, you would speculate that they're coming from another planet, that there are extraterrestrial. That's what I personally believe. I believe that they're coming from someplace else, right? It may be proven at some point that, no, maybe they're here all along. Maybe they're living under the oceans the whole time. Maybe they are interdimensional, like Grush describes. I, we just don't know for sure yet, not the 100%. But when you're exposed to this stuff all the time, you're probably thinking these things. You're probably thinking, well, maybe they come from another dimension. You know, you have physicists talking about other various dimensions. Maybe that's where they came from. And I talked about that before. And maybe some some of this rubbed off on Grush during his time speaking with these people. And then when he goes on uh, News Nation with Ross Coltart, uh, he says that. He puts, puts that out there as a possibility. So I don't know why everyone's all upset about this. That doesn't make any sense to me. But here we go with the rest of this, uh, uh, this article uh, from this Forbes columnist. And it says, he gets in the next thing. Well, why is this science fiction? He says here, Let's start with the claim that these vehicles have crash-landed on Earth. Whether one believes that said vehicles are extraterrestrial or interdimensional in origin, it is an extraordinary leap of logic to assume that they are janky enough to crash, let alone with the frequency that Grush and other UFO enthusiasts claim. Okay, now Grush said that they had recovered, what, uh... I uh, actually rushed there were some whistleblowers that are saying that they recovered what 12 to 15 that 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 told uh, Michael Schellenberger in a recent uh, article there was some of the same whistleblowers that were talking to Grush saying 12 to 15 and now you had then you had uh Stephen Greer of course on Monday during that uh uh press uh, national press club event in washington dc at the at the national press club it wasn't a national press club event it was just there uh where i thought greer i thought he muddied the waters with too much stuff he, he threw threw at the wall hoping that something would stick uh, he had a lot of uh uh crazy ideas I, I i'm not a big greer fan as a lot of people out there know right and i i think that with he's talking about 119 different crash retrievals and that's 
we're not sure. So some people, the, the, apparently some of these insiders that Grush was talking to are saying between 12 and 15. And then some of uh, the people that Greer says he's talking to has come up with about 119. Okay, whatever, right? That's not a lot, though, when you really think about it. it, it we've been studying this what, since, uh, uh, we've been worried about this, talking about this since the late 1940s. So that's not that lot compared compared to what how many crashes we have, right? How many times do human beings crash aircraft, right? We do. I mean, it's. I talked about this before. There's a thousand, at least a thousand every year. At least a thousand general aviation crashes every year. And then on top of that, there are uh, on average there are twelve point five commercial aircraft crashes per year. And so if you do the math and say it's twelve, say they actually recovered only twelve as as. Uh, some of these whistleblowers are, are telling Michael Schellenberger, right? Say there's only 12. Well, that means, if you do the math, that means there's a crash every 6.5 years. So things break. Everything that we have, every kind of technology that we come up with breaks, right? This computer that I'm using right now, at some point, is going to fail to work, right? The television and the projector, all the stuff that I have that's electronic in this household that I'm living in right now, the stove, the refrigerator, everything, the washer, the dryer, these things break. Everything we have, microwave ovens, they all break. So I don't know, I don't, I don't know, I, I'm, I just don't know how somebody could come to this conclusion, how these uh, skeptics, these armchair debunkers sitting back at home just pondering these things they think that they're so smart when they think of this oh wow they're gonna come all the way 100 million miles 100 million light years from space to earth and then they're gonna crash sometimes and he makes it sound like they're crashing all the time so i just don't know i don't understand that idea i don't know where how stupid you gotta be to believe this kind of to think this way so that's just that's we're just getting off we're just getting started here all right then he goes on he goes uh, Star Wars, Star Trek, Futurama, and Rick and Morty all frequently depict spaceships that crash land for the sake of narrative rather than logic. A crash forces the characters into a difficult situation, perhaps marooned on a hostile world or forced to engage with alien inhabitants. It is a widely used trope because it sparks drama. Well, that has nothing to do with this situation. Nothing. He's comparing this UFO phenomenon to the UFO reality, to the reality that there's a non-human presence here with Star Wars, Star Trek, Futurama, and Rick and Morty? What kind of idiot is this guy? See, he's never read anything. He's never read anything. And another thing, he doesn't understand that... Uh, a lot of this stuff, right, is because of the flying saucers. They showed up first. You know, back in the late 1940s, everyone starts seeing flying saucers. What happens in the 1950s, right? There's a whole bunch, a, a whole bunch of science fiction movies featuring flying saucers. I could just, uh, off the top of my head, The Thing from Another World, War of the Worlds, uh, 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 this, this Island Earth, Earth versus the Flying Saucers. I mean, it goes on and on and on. There were so many movies, and it's continued that way since that the, the, it was because of those flying saucer sightings in the late 40s, early 50s that made Hollywood decide, you know what, we should really try to cash in on this. And we'll start uh, dreaming up some uh, movies where there's these aliens coming from outer space. Because that's what people were thinking in the late 40s, early 50s. They start wondering, where are these objects coming from? People were actually seeing these objects. They don't take any of this into account. None of these dummies. None of these dum-dums take any of that into account. They don't, either they don't, they don't know or they just didn't think, it's, they didn't think things through before they start writing stu stupidity like this. Because this is absolute pure stupidity. And this is what you're getting across the mainstream right now. You're getting this kind of garbage. Well, let's continue with this idiocy. 
Uh, it says, however, if one assumes that alien life is advanced enough to design vehicles capable of prolonged periods of space travel or interdimensional travel, then why are they crashing like drunk teenagers? Again, I mean, we just talked about that. No point in, in, in con continuing to complain about it. Indeed, why would these vehicles be piloted at all? And then he goes on, this is great, I love this part. He says, humanity is advanced enough to design automated drones, but we rarely see drones being deployed by aliens in fiction simply because it would be underwhelming. We want stories in which humanity encounters alien beings in the flesh. It's just not fun to imagine an automated invasion, even if it might be more logical. Okay, let's just stop there for a second. So, I mean, okay, he's talking about that, well, he doesn't understand. Why are they even piloted at all? Well, we don't know what kind of pilots these are. I mean, as uh, Gary Nolan stated, I mean, he thinks that these could be biological robots. A lot of people think that. A lot of people believe that these could be biological robots, that they're not actually the actual aliens themselves that are, are doing this. As the, the, these are their minions that they've created, biologically, perhaps. Or maybe maybe they all are robots. Maybe they're uh, circuitry inside of them. Do we really know? I mean, we have not seen the bodies, right? The, the government's not been sharing them with this with us. But apparently, from uh, work that has been done on this, people that have uh, researched this over the over the years, like the late Leonard Stringfield, these are some sort of uh, they are flesh and blood. But may, they might again, they could be biological robots. We just don't know. Again, this guy has he has not done any research into this at all. He's just sitting back in his armchair. Writing in for writing for Forbes and Forbes is allowing this garbage in there. Imagine. Uh, let's continue here. It says Grush's claims rely on the assumption that advanced technology doesn't really advance at all. Crashes occur so frequently that we can collect fallen ships like trading cards, and that some contain bodies like the space jockey from Alien. That's not true. That's not true at all. They're not dropping. I mean, they're they're talking what twelve to fifteen crashes over the course of seventy five, seventy eight years. That's not like trading cards. That's not like trading card again. This guy's making this up. This is out of this is total false. This is totally false. This guy's a dummy. He didn't do any research on this. He has no idea what he's talking about, and he's writing for Forbes. Think about that. UFO enthusiasts often assume that our civilization is capable of recognizing unfathomably advanced technology and attempting to reverse engineer it. Again, these assumptions echo popular science fiction tropes. Remember the much-mocked finale of Independence Day in which an alien invasion is thwarted by a virus sent from a Mac power book? That was a silly plot twist based on the idea that the technology of the 90s was compatible with that of an advanced alien species capable of interstellar travel. Yet that goofy blockbuster logic is being credulously repeated by Grush and other UFO enthusiasts. That's... It's totally phony. That's not what's that's not be, what's being said here. This is again. This guy's just making this up. That's not the logic that's being stated here. We don't know. Uh, again, a lot of people. I, here's a lot of people in the UFO community believe. A lot of people believe that we we're just not smart enough. We don't even have the technology close enough to try to even monitor these things. We we that's why we can't really capture them on camera that well because they're doing something to manipulate that. Apparently, the people have experienced these beings. They've seen them up close and personal. They've seen the craft i've seen the craft i know for a fact right so and other people millions tens of millions of other people have seen these things this guy has not done any research he's just making stuff up making stuff up let's continue here it says imagine if you will a medieval peasant stumbling upon a mac power book the device would be completely unfathomable indistinguishable from magic even to the best and brightest minds of that time period none would even be able to recognize its its, fun its function let alone reverse engineer it so why would we assume that we could grasp the complexities of an interdimensional spacecraft now let's just stop there for a second 
because I've, I, I've said before, and I think a lot of people in the UFO community have said before, uh, people I've talked to believe that there's no way we're going to be able to reverse engineer these things. I don't see how you could. If something's that far advanced, we're just never going to understand it. But there, it doesn't mean they're not going to try, though. It doesn't mean that they're not going to try. And he continues here. He says, of course, there's also the awkward fact that so many people on the planet now carry high-definition cameras in their pockets, and yet UFO footage is always a grainy, blurry mess. Not always. Not always. There are some pictures, some images that are very clear. I remember I had stuff on uh, last year where there was some guy in Mexico that took three really clear image photos with his cell phone of a flying saucer hovering above his house. Right? But guess what? That gets deemed a hoax. Yeah, the good stuff, if it is really clear like that, oh, that must be a hoax then. Lastly, Grush's claims of a vast insidious cover-up so secret that others have been murdered to protect it is undermined by the fact that he has been given a platform to broadcast these claims. The legendary astronomer Carl Sagan often said that he would love to see evidence of advanced alien life, but always emphasized the importance of critical thinking. Sagan famously stated, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Grush has provided no evidence for his claims, which are suspiciously close to common science fiction tropes and should be recognized as such. If the truth really is out there, it is unlikely to follow the logic of fiction. What, what are you talking about? It's actually the fiction that's been following the logic of, of the UFO uh, phenomenon. That's what's really happening he doesn't understand this this guy has no idea what he's talking about he thinks that all this stuff came up during the x-files in the 90s or something the way he's talking this is absolutely absurd it's actually the other way around science the television blockbuster movies a lot of these movies independence day for instance independence day was inspired by the study of ufos about the the narrative that took portions of that narrative and made this ridiculous movie it it's not a trope this is not a trope this is what we've been talking about for decades many researchers have been looking into this read some books read national uh, ufos and a national security state volumes one and two by richard dolan he covers it all he covers the history of this these people have no idea what they're talking about they never picked up a, bo a book they just completely dismiss all all of this they think it's all crazy they don't believe anybody all of these people that have said that they have encountered uh craft that have, couldn't have been man-made and or beings right all of those people are either crackpots or liars or or dummies or whatever to these people but it's actually these people are are the stupid ones they're the dummies and i can't believe they're writing for major publications like forbes so this danny de placido i don't know what what you who you think you are but you're you're dumb when it comes to this how do you like them apples because you're, you're a dummy you're a dumb dumb sorry sorry go go do some research and then come back you have no business I, I, it's a shame it's a it's a it's sickening that forbes would allow something like this this kind of trash to go in their in their publication because it's this is all nonsense this guy has no idea what he's talking about none zero anyway we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, we are back. Um, uh, the New York Times on June 10th ran an opinion piece by Ross Duthat. Duthat, I don't know how to pronounce his name. And it was titled, Does the United States Government Want You to Believe in UFOs? And we're just going to look through a little bit of this article here uh, because it's not really this article I want to talk about. I want to talk about uh, a different article that talks about this article. That's what I really want to talk about. But anyway, uh, 
this guy pretty much, you know, this guy's a big time skeptic. Obviously, this guy has not done any research on this subject, doesn't know what he's talking about, really. He really doesn't. These people are, are not fit to be writing about the UFO subject for these, th for these major publications. And let me tell you something. There are a lot of ignorant people in this world because of this. It's not just, you know, and in a way, right, you can't blame the reporters in a way. You can't blame these, even blame some of these opinion column columnists, like the, the guy I was just reading before, right? You really, in a way, right, it's the way we've been brought up. It's the way the, the 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 stigmatism that was applied starting back in the 1950s really did a number, and that's why there's so many people that are so ignorant of this reality. It is a reality. There's something here that's not human. There's no question about it, right? But there's so many idiots out there because and and these idiots are. It's not their fault that they're idiots. They've been made idiots because the government's uh, uh, stigma began stigmatizing this in the 50s, and it just continued on and on through the decades. So that's why these people are dummies. Uh, it's a shame, really, and and they're all over the internet. I've been, I, you can see I'll comment people all over the place. Oh, I actually did a, a recent podcast where I talked about this. There were actually billions. If you uh, uh, polls suggest that there are probably about two point seven billion people in the world who are completely, completely ignorant of this, completely oblivious to this reality. And uh, these people writing for these publications have done no research whatsoever, except for armchair theorism. Uh, they take their cues from people like Mick West and uh, Michael Shermers, those kind of people, the debunkers out there. And this is this is what you get. And and basically, your 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 New York Times. The, you think about the, all the people that read something like this. All the people, their their brains are getting filled with idiocy like this. Uh, but this guy says, you know, he doesn't really believe in this stuff. Uh, let me just, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to read the whole thing. I just want to point out a couple of um, paragraphs here. Uh, he's talking about Grushies are saying, and we'll, we'll pick it up here midway through. He says, that doesn't mean that you should believe. And my general view is that the UFO encounter phenomena seems in, in continuity with supernatural experiences reported across the long pre-modern past, abductions in the fairy, fairy realms especially. As such, the experiencers are much are more likely to offer evidence of either some kind of strange Jungian unconscious or of actual supernatural realms than they are to involve interplanetary visitors from Zeta Reticuli. So this guy believes that he's he's lumping this stuff in with goblins, fairies, ghosts. He he's lumping in the UFO phenomena with that. That's what that's how this guy sees it. He's relaxed in the back of his chair, never read a book on this, and writing for the New York Times, putting out this opinion piece, which is absolute complete trash. Uh, he, he writes this, he says, the possibility of literal spacecraft stashed in the United States government hangars, meanwhile, piles up two immense seeming Two immense seeming improbabilities. First, that inhuman species cross oceans of space or leap interdimensional barriers using unfathomable technology and yet somehow keep crashing and leaving souvenirs behind. Second, the human governments have been collecting evidence for generations without the truth ever being leaked or uncovered or just blurted out by Donald Trump. But this whistleblower's mere existence is evidence of a fascinating shift in public UFO discourse. There may not be alien spacecraft, but there is clearly now a faction within the national security complex that wants Americans to think there might be alien spacecraft to give these stories credence rather than dismissal. <laughs> so, uh, where do you start with this one? Uh, I mean, for one thing, to say that uh, there are people... Yeah, there are people. There are people that want you to know the truth. There are people within within the United States that want you to know the truth. Now, why would that be? 
Why would they? Why would there be people in the government wanting you to know the truth about extraterrestrials? Why are there? And there have been leaks over the decades, by the way, too. I just want to point that out. I mean, there's a lot of been a lot of different kinds of leaks, which were, whatever way you want to look at it. I mean, for instance, I mean, how many different people from Roswell stepped up to the plate? Actual people who were a member of the Army Air Force from that time: Jesse Marcel Sr., Walter Hout, a, a, a number of other people that were actually in the Army at that time that actually experienced that handled some of this wreckage right one of them actually saw wreckage and and bodies walter hout the, the communications officer right there's been leaks over the years right you've been hearing from the people they leaked it to you that that that's considered a leak but yet the the mainstream media never takes these people seriously the air force has no evidence to really to back up their claims for like instance for roswell but yet you have all this other people telling you that that were there, that were part of the army, that were in the army air forces at the time, telling you, yeah, that this was extraterrestrial and it was a cover-up. But the mainstream media laughs them off, and just t uh, runs with the air force narrative, and that's where we are. That because they're lazy, they're dumb, they're idiots, and plus they they've been they have fallen victim. The mainstream media has fallen victim to the stigmatization program that was instigated in the 1950s. That's what's going on here. But anyway, there was another article that was in response to this, and this was this appeared in Medium.com, and it was by, by David Bates. Uh, and I want to go through this article, and it says here his headline for this. I'm not. I didn't read that whole. I'll leave the links for all of these, and if you don't, if you might get a paywall, you might not for the Forbes article, for the New York Times article, you might get paywalls for that, but you won't get a paywall for this Medium article. And this was by David Bates. It says, uh, the New York Times doesn't want to report on UFOs, but now they must. And I like this article a lot. We're going to go through a lot of it here. It says, if the trajectory of the UFO story of the last six years continues on the present course, more whistleblowers coming forward, quasi-legal and legislative proceedings being commenced and public hearings being held, one can speculate with a fair degree of confidence that six years from now, a lot of people will be asking, what the hell was going on with the New York Times and UFOs in 2023? I, let me just stop right there. I'm asking that question right now, man. <laughs> As you can see, I'm asking that question right now. I mean, you you have people who have no idea what they're talking about putting in, uh, writing big giant columns for the New York Times and Forbes, and they have no idea what they're talking about at all, at all. They're sitting back, they have done no research and they're allowing this. And and just think, that Leslie Keen, Ralph Blumenthal story on David Grush, the New York Times turned it down. It was just too much for them. They turned it down. I don't know, why? Why did they turn it down? But but then then they then they put but they allow that opinion in there from uh, Ross Dol uh, Dolfet instead. It's unbelievable. Anyway, continuing with this article, it says the question is rendered all the more built bewildering by the fact that it was the New York Times that broke the UFO story in the first place. The reason we're even talking about this, the reason I'm writing this here on Saturday morning, is because America's gray lady flagship newspaper realized in December 2017 that a UFO Pentagon story was in fact news. It was fit to print. Today, not so much. The stunning crash retrieval allegations made on Monday by whistleblower David Grush were first reported in the debrief in a piece by Blumenthal and Keene, then on camera with Ross Coltart. Uh, there were rumors last week that the Times was preparing a weekend report on the story, but all they managed was a lazy drive-by on the op-ed page by Ross Duthid, first published on Saturday and then in the opinion section of Sunday's edition. Uh, insofar as this topic is concerned, Duthit is in over his head. But to be fair, maybe Julian Barnes was unavailable and he, drew, and he drew the short straw. Yeah, let me just stop there. Usually, remember, Julian Barnes. I'm Julian Barnes. Remember, that's another debunker I've talked about in the past who writes uh, columns for the 
uh, different newspapers and he or New York Times, and he's written some terrible, uneducated stories about UFOs in the past. I mean, total dumb, dumb stuff. Anyway, continuing here, it says, putting aside the disingenuous in-your-face conflation of Grush with Bob Lazar. Yeah, that was one thing that uh, that New York Times story did. It, it tried to compare Grush with Bob Lazar, uh, and that, which, which, which is an un... Even though I believe that there could be credence to Bob Lazar, that's an unfair comparison. Grush was on the inside talking to all these people, filed a complaint, and a complaint that was found credible by the inspector general, right? Uh, so th there's a difference here. It says here, putting aside the disingenuous in-your-face conflation of Grush with Bob Lazar, there's important context for Duthit's strange com column. Before it was published online Saturday morning, uh, that, that's he talks about how they, uh, they turned it down and everything. And we're, well, I'm going to skip through that part here. Uh, he talks about that the, the New York Times turned it down and then... Uh, the Washington Post was going to run it, but uh, Keene and Blumenthal wanted to get the story out quicker, so that's why they gave it to the brief. Uh, that's what I, I, I learned on this. So, anyway, uh, stick a pin in that. The New York, uh, New York, stick a pin in that New York Times. The Washington Post is, according to your own former star reporter, very interested in this story. The story in which a high-ranking intelligence officer alleges on record that our government is sitting on a nearly century-old UFO craft re crash retrieval and reverse engineering program. That story. For reasons that have been unpacked elsewhere, the piece ultimately broke in the debrief and was propelled forward by News Nation and then went viral and lit a fire under Congress. It would be easy to dismiss Duthit's noncommittal UFO column and more on confident but disappointed that the New York Times is standing down on UFOs, aliens, and alleged related cover-ups. It would be easy to do that were it not for a fascinating, fascinating nuance. Whether he intended to or not, Duthit raised the stakes for his newsroom colleagues. In trying to sweep aside the staggering implications of the story, he instead framed it in such a way that highlighted them. And he talks about the, 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 the headline for the Duthat story, which does the government want you to believe in UFOs? And uh, continuing with the article here by David Bates, it says... Uh, the answer to that question, insofar as it refers to individuals in and formerly employed by the government, is a single most important fact that literally everyone, from Lou Elizondo to Mick West, agrees is a fact. The answer is yes, yes they do. Yes, it is a spectacularly obvious public fact that a tiny but growing number of current and ex-government officials have come to believe that we share space with an inexplicably weird and advanced non-human intelligence, that the government knows this and that there are super-secret black-budget programs to understand and reverse-engineer what is starting to sound like not just a single UFO, but a fleet of them. Not the unidentified kind, the Roswellian kind. They clearly seem to believe this, and they want the public to believe it. Grush isn't the only one. The Pentagon's former UFO hunter analyst, Lou Elizondo, has over the last few years essentially become a vocal disclosure activist in UFO podcast land which the vast majority of Americans are not even aware of. There's also Christopher Mellon, a former Defense Department undersecretary. The who, what, where, when, and the how of this story is in plain sight, has been for years, and legacy media has thus far refused to touch it. But what's yet to be nailed down is the final W of basic journalistic inquiry. What's missing is the why. There is one possibility here, raised repeatedly and with increasing exa exasperation by skeptics, that is worth mentioning if only to observe how preposterous it is. Preposterous it is. Follow the logic. 
this is the, he, he makes a hypothetical here. He says, sure, Grush, Lou Elizondo, and others may all believe this nonsense, but they're just wrong. They're not insane, mind you. No one is saying they're crazy. And since they believe it themselves, they're not lying either. They're just delusional. They drank from the same bowl of Kool-Aid spiked with woo and lost their way. They know what they know not what they do. So that's like an, the idea, the overall idea that skeptics put forward. And he's just putting it into some words. And then he continues here. He says, which means the entire history of ufology and UFO conspiracy theories is actually the result of thousands upon thousands of mistakes, hallucinations, and human errors. Literally decades of all too human delusion that has also found its way into thousands upon thousands of government documents, police reports, books, newspaper, magazine, articles, films, etc., don't forget the thousands upon thousands of balloons. It's all just one giant misunderstanding. A misunderstanding, mind you, that requires a 100% success rate of human error, equipment failure, and unusual coincidence. Oh, I love this. This, this is a great piece. He, this guy's saying a lot of things that I think. A lot of, I'm sure a lot of the things that you guys out there are thinking, this, this, you think the same way, I'm sure. If that's what you want to believe, so be it. Hang on tight. Far more likely scenarios, however, were spelled out on Twitter this week by the physicist Eric Weinstein, who once scoffed at UFO believers but has since calibrated his skepticism to take into account the unnerving reality that a decades-long parade of breathtaking human fallibility really doesn't satisfactorily explain the UFO phenomenon in its totality. It feels, he wrote, like at least five things stuck together. For the sake of simplicity, let's just take two that Weinstein identifies, a USG aerospace disinformation narrative or actual wildness. I suspect he meant weirdness here. In any event, this is the category of UFOs or some of them are actually aliens and we actually caught some. So for the government to want you to believe in UFOs, one of the following scenarios must be true. PSYOPs run by shady individuals in the government who want you to believe in UFOs even though they know full well that there's no there there or they just made a little oopsie or UFOs really are aliens. So there you go. That's great. That's a great point. He's making a great point. He makes a great point in this article. Either either, either there are factions in the government that want you to just believe in this, that it's not really real or they are real. See either A or B, right? And he continues with the article. It says here, to be sure, both could be true, but it doesn't matter here whether the coin lands heads or tails. Either way, it is a stunning, jaw-dropping story of immense significance, vastly more important than a morally challenged, monumentally stupid ex-president hiding boxes of classified documents at his golf course. It's the kind of story newsrooms have historically thrown a lot of resources at. The kind of story that requires courage, deep reporting, long hours, late nights, and determination. Stories so viral that they crash the servers they host them on. The kind of story that wins the Pulitzer, uh, wins Pulitzer Prizes. Will the New York Times be the one to report that story, or will it be some other legacy media outlet that, outlet that is very interested in it? Don't rule the gray lady out. She's open to tips. Dutha even, even said so. My DMs, he wrote, are open for those with hints and tidbits. Even so, I, would, I wouldn't plan on Dutha scooping Blumenthal, but I will be watching News Nation Sunday night. He's talking about that. That, uh, the interview that was going to come up. But that's the end of the article for the most part. So, there you go. I mean, to me, right, he, he there's a lot of great points here. And, and, and the mainstream media is dropping the ball. This is the biggest story of all time. What are you guys doing? What are you guys doing? How? Be, just because there are some debunkers out there running around all over the internet making it sound like it's this is totally foolish. Don't fall for that. Those, those are the people that are going to be foolish in the end. Believe me. 
right? They're the dummies, right? Be smart about this. What are you doing? Put your best reporters on this. Get to the bottom of this. Look at Watergate. It was one of the greatest moments for journalism in the history of this country. You could have even something bigger and better than than that with this. You really could. It's all there for the taking. You need to start knocking on doors. You need to start making demands to the people in the Pentagon. You need to try to get this classified information that Grush is talking about. You need to try to get that and make it public. What are you guys doing? And then you write this garbage. Why are you are you basically helping to suppress this truth? That's what you're doing. You're you're helping to suppress this incredible truth that we all need to know. Everybody needs to know about, right? Everybody need. What if something happens tomorrow, right? What if something happens tomorrow? Right now, there's a whole bunch of people in the world, possibly up to 2.7 billion or who knows, maybe even more, who are completely ignorant of this reality. There's, there's, it's very possible that something could could drop tomorrow. The extraterrestrials could, could put on some kind of demonstration. And it's going to freak the whole world out. The economy is going to completely collapse, right? Because they weren't prepared. You need to prepare them by putting these stupid articles in by these people who have no idea what they're talking about. You're not preparing any, every, any, anybody. You're, you're making them think there's nothing to it when you're totally wrong. These people are totally wrong. I'm telling you right now, you're dropping the ball. Anyway, until next time.